Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life on closet. Hey, hey life on so closet. Come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apology. Now let's get to the I'm bringing a guest on today who has truly defined what living an unapologetic life in the life on closet is all about. He has worked for himself for many, 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 many years, and let him kind of clue us into how many. He's also taken and done things like just live nomadic life by going on a six-week trek and just going, here, I'm doing this, I'm going to live minimally. Um, And he also sometimes even reaches that point where most of us do, where it's like, I can't believe this is where I've ended up. And I love what I'm doing. I love where I am. And it's such a big relief. So as we uncloset this today, I'm going to invite you all to step in to his map of the world, so to speak. And not that he's some guru, but he's a pretty dang smart guy. His name is Stephen Borley. We met at World Domination Summit a couple of years ago. And for those of you who listen, you know what that is. That's that really cool conference that I go to where people come in. They're all about community service, adventure, and living unconventional lives. And we just kind of clicked. And it's been a while. I was on his podcast a couple of years ago, and I felt like it was time to bring Stephen to the Life Uncloseted family. So um, welcome, bro. Glad you're here to have wherever this conversation goes. Thank you. I appreciate it. And if you want to listen to my chat with Rick, go to lifeskillsatmatter.com slash podcast, episode 134. Awesome. He beat me to there. That's awesome. So um, so let's talk about (laughs) your mid-40s. You're moving through life. Just turned 45. And you know what's so funny, (laughs) Rick? I... You know, you, I don't know about you, but I, you, you grow up and you think kind of there, you think in midlife where you might end up, what it might look like. And let me tell you one thing, it does not look like anything of what I thought it would be when I was 25. And it doesn't bother me. I feel liberated. I feel happy. I, I see a lot of people who have all the things that I thought I was supposed to have yeah. and they're miserable mm-hmm. because they live the life of what I'm supposed to do. And it turns out that's not what they wanted to do. Yep. Right. And I was given the gift of getting my book kicked out by corporate America mm-hmm. on election day, 2000, one of the most important days of my life because I was taught to be an employee, right? That was that identity that you're taught, you yep. know? And it actually took me five years to realize that I am an entrepreneur. I want to work for myself. Like why would I ever want to listen to somebody else again. Why would I ever want somebody to dictate when I work, how I work, how much money I make, right? But it took me five years. You know, back then there wasn't all the courses and podcasts and books that people have now encouraging people to go out and work on their own. So here's something interesting before you continue. I didn't, I don't know that either one of us knew this. I don't think this came up in my conversation on your podcast. So 2000, you got booted. Yep. Me too. And I did jump back into another corporate job. And in 2006, so you said five years later, in 2006, the same exact thing happened to me. And that was the moment I said, I am no longer doing this. So our parallels, it's so interesting when you 
come across someone that's like, wow, that was the same time zone that I was going through this. And oh, wow, that happened to them. That happened to me at the same time. And suddenly then years later you meet. And I think it's so interesting because I think this is when the universe brings you this thing. 100%. Suddenly here we are a couple of years later from that conversation, having this conversation and this reveals in itself. So the point to me interrupting was trust the process people. Yeah. There are reasons that things happen in the sequence that they do. So, um, okay. So and now we're, back to Stephen. We're part of a movement. I, I call it, we're part of a yet to be named movement, right? Absolutely. We are going through the greatest economic shift since the industrial Re- revolution <clears throat> that most of us um, aren't consciously aware of, but we feel it. Cause I hear these words like I'm overwhelmed, I'm burned out, I'm anxious. And I think a lot of us, cause we were taught like, you're the problem. You got to mm-hmm. fix it. You're not the team player. You're not the one who's fallen into line because that's how the industrial capitalist economy worked. Yep. But as that continues to decline and more for whatever you want to, however you want to view that, we're moving into an economy where it's going to be more valuable to be yourself and it's Absolutely. becoming less valuable to fit in. And that is something I've discovered. I mean, after 19 years of working for myself, you know, I ne- again, I never thought I would work for myself ever. I never thought I'd be on something called a podcast right now. Right. I never thought I would have done over 500 podcasts between my two podcasts. Yeah. Like in 1996, when I graduated from Providence College, like this wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think the other thing I've learned in life, and I'm so glad I was always naturally like that. I just love new things and, and checking things out. I'm a learner. I'm curious. I was a history major. I love looking at patterns and trends and stories. And that's what really motivates me. And, and I think we don't, we're not encouraged to find that within ourselves um, or be aware of it through as we're going through our lives to be looking through that thread that I call it your tendency. It's not necessarily a purpose that this is the only thing I'm ever going to do. But it's certainly the strong magnetic tendency I have in almost every situation. I tend to default to wanting to collect a story somehow and collect lots of stories and look at trends and patterns in almost every aspect of my life. And that's what I'm always encouraging people to, to do or to ask others, like, what is that thing? What do you see in me? And, and I think that is the new work. That is the new way of living. This is, I think, a more humane way of, of looking because We've been treated as resources for God's sakes. Most companies in America still have something called a human resource department. They view you as a number of cog, even the nicest, most forward thinking organization views you as a resource to be used, exploited, right? And I am calling for the privatization of your personal resources, your time, your energy, your money, your attention, your focus, your connections, your skills. They are yours. You get to decide how to use them, how they get to deploy it. And that, that when I got laid off, I was like, all of a sudden I'm on deck, right? I have a lot of freedom, but I'm responsible for the development of all of that now. Yes. And that was the first time in my life to really understand like, oh my gosh, I actually really don't know how to structure my day. And I'm a pretty organized planning, good, a great planning skills kind of person. Right. But it has to be taught. And we were not taught to think for ourselves. And I want to inspire people to think for ourselves again. Even if you think you are right now, I'm sorry. You'd be surprised how many times you have to ask for permission to do so many different things in life. Exactly. But the crux of this, and you kind of you went there, and as I was listening to you, it was like the reason we don't go there is because so much of what we have been taught, trained, whatever you want to call it, is if you do this, here's the reward. 
The reward is a paycheck. The reward is a vacation. The reward is a promotion. And so it is this. And they've gotten stingier and stingier with those. Exactly. Models. Exactly. So to go outside of that norm and say, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to work when I feel like working. Today, I decided to go to the gym in the middle of the day and swim laps and do a full workout and take two hours out of my day to go do that because I think I want to work this evening rather than that. People don't know how to, like, how do you do that? That sounds great, but how do you do that? And I remember when I first started working from home, the company I was working with after the layoff in 2000 was very much a forward-thinking company. They wanted the whole entire experience to be as virtual as possible. Even though we had a brick-and-mortar space, as the company began to build, and I was the third employee hired, every time we made a decision, it's like, how do we make this virtual? How do we make that function something that we can do via the internet? And the more we did that, I knew where we were headed. Even though the, the president was all for this, and then suddenly he's like, well, wait, I don't have people here. Mm. Suddenly the control freak showed up, right? Um, and that's the thing I, that bugs so much of us. Like we're valued based on how much we're seen in an office. Yes. It's ridiculous. What do you think? I have a child. Why did you hire me in the first place? Right, right. If you, if you have to have that going on. And as I started to work from home, I had a lot of friends going, how do you do that? How do you not get distracted? I'm like, you get up, you get dressed and you go to work. Just like you do if you're going to go get in the car and go to work. Sure. Do I do the laundry? Maybe sometimes, but it's not like, okay, I'm doing the laundry. I can't do anything else. I mean, on the weekends, if you're doing the laundry, are you doing other stuff? Of course you are. So it's this training in your own head that's pretty easy to overcome, but we've all been sucked into this. Here's how we do this. And then suddenly people like you and me come along and we're like, we're going to do this differently. Well, and it was, it was by design, right? Yeah. They needed, I was all thrown out of style. It came from Taylor Pearson's book, The End of Jobs. It was like, thing like the very late 1800s, very early 1900s, the average American teenager, and that term didn't exist back then, that was invented for consumer purposes, uh, had a handful of possessions. How many possessions do you think the average American teenager today has? Throw Way out a number. Too many. Throw Probably out a number. 100. 2,000. Oh. you're thinking about all your clothes, all the academic mm -hmm. materials you need, all these other things. We really start adding it all up. It is so much stuff. So the system was designed to efficiently get people to do repeatable things over and over and over again, and then sell them for a lot of lower cost. And then they needed to get a large population to buy stuff that they really didn't need. And that's the world we live in. Mm -hmm. And it's obviously, I think many of us are feeling now it's unsustainable on so many levels. Yes. And, you know, when you're, I, I know I teach people how to become solopreneurs, um, you know, kind of individual business owners that have virtual teams. You know, I'm a big believer, don't go it alone, you know, <clears throat> because we're humans, we evolved to work together. But, you know, if I make $100,000 a year, year after year for 10 years, I'm cool with that. That's good. But when you look at an American corporation, like say like Apple, you know, they make, say like however many, like $25 billion one quarter, right? And then the next quarter, they make $24 billion, right? Still a lot of money. They still made $24 billion, but investors penalize them for doing that. That's just mm -hmm. the nature of the beast of how industrial capitalism works. Right. And I, just, I feel like I have a larger vision of how do we start moving out of hierarchies 
and into self-management communities. But you hit the nail on the head. That means the people who are in power have to give up control and they do not like that. They do not want to give up control. And, and I think that's where more and more of us are declaring our personal independence and saying, no, I, I'd rather sacrifice being outside the system. I'd rather take my chances yes. because it's happier. I'm, I have so much less than I've ever had before. At 45 years, I just sold my condo. I reduced all my possessions down to nine plastic bins. Mm -hmm. I'm living out of a bed, living nomadically for the next year. Mm -hmm. I, the more I give away materially, the happier I become. So my husband and I have only been in our house right at 18 months. Uh, yeah, 18 months right now. <clears throat> and when we moved to this place, we went from 2,800 square feet to 1,200. Mm -hmm. We did it very intentionally. 1,200 is my number two when I have a home one day again. Yeah. And the hardest piece of it wasn't the size. It's when the kids are home. Because we have room. I mean, you know, those of you who are listening, you can't see, but Stephen can see. I'm sitting in an office and there's a Murphy bed that folds down. It's great when it's just one of our kids and, a, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But if we have everybody, it gets a little snug. And at first I'm like, how are we going to do this? And of course, then my mind started running away with me. What happens when we have grandbabies? And I'm like, none of this is happening yet, Rick. So Shut but also, let me up. ask you this. Out of 365 days a year, how many days does that scenario Exactly. Happen? You went right where what, I was going. 14? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe. And, we're, and that's the weird thing. We, we, this is such a great example you're bringing up because so many times in life, we buy things, we do things to prepare from the less than 2% thing that's ever going to happen or yep. takes some amount of time yep. instead of looking at the average the every day. So I went to this conference recently, uh, last, this past weekend in Colorado. You know, staying at somebody's house, and then I noticed the first day, the first morning, I went to brush my teeth. I didn't have my toothbrush. Mm -hmm. So for 48 hours, yes, I'm going to gross you out, people. I didn't brush my teeth. I had my, I had floss, and I scratched my teeth, and I ate an, uh, an apple a couple mm -hmm. times. Because I was like, I'm not going to go buy a toothbrush. Like, this is okay. It's not the end of the world. And that's what I'm trying to challenge myself more and more. It's that we've been so conditioned to be like the slightest inconvenience. We got to solve that problem. How much does it cost? I need this thing. Right. You don't. Yep. Developing I, your coping vision. I cannot, I cannot remember the last time I actually went into any retail store and actually bought clothes. Mm. I know when I've ordered some stuff, I mean, I ordered some shirts and stuff for when I spoke at WDS, but to actually go to a mall or, I mean, I go to Target. Yes, Target all the time because, you know, you go get the toilet paper or whatever, but I can't remember the last time I actually bought something off a shelf in a store to put on my body. But you know what's so different because that you, when you start working from home, it changes so many things. And I think you're just bringing up one example. Like mm -hmm. uh, the first thing that would go, I'm like, okay, I didn't need, I lived in New York at the time. I don't need suits anymore. I don't need dry cleaning. Yes. And then now that I'm living out of a bag, I'm realizing how much less stuff I even need yep. You know? yep. because I can only carry so much. And, well, and, and you have, so, you have certain things that, you know, back to, you know, how many personal possessions do a, does a teen have? I go through my closet at least once a month now. Like, I don't yeah. need this. I don't, I'm not wearing this. This isn't getting worn. And it's almost like a challenge. I, I enjoy kind of seeing how many empty hangers are now hanging in the closet because now I can go, okay, pretty soon I'm going to take about half those empty hangers and go donate them as well mm -hmm. because I don't need them. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just, there's, there's certain things. Now, the one thing I won't give up, and I'm, even this is kind of becoming an issue, 
is my little wine collection. But I'm like, okay, we're to the point where it's going it, to, we could drink a bottle of wine for literally 365 days and still have wine in the wine closet. So well, I'm going to come you, visit you, Rick. To yeah, help you, you, you should, that. you should. And then of course I just bought another case yesterday. <laughs> I know it's a sickness, but anyway, I think it's fascinating when we start to step into these spaces where we realize what we're talking about here is about uncloseting yourself to do something differently or to be a certain way in your life or to let yourself have the permission to go, it's okay, this is how I'm going to show up. And, and actually, I love that you're bringing this up because it's purging anybody who knows me, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. Yep. It's yep. actually one of the first exercises I often recommend to somebody who says, I think I want to work for myself. I've been listening to you guys talk about this. That sounds great, but I have no idea where to begin. I, mean, I don't know what I want to do. I often recommend purging as an exercise because what it does is you start getting rid of stuff that you're not using or it doesn't give, have meaning for you. It does not energize and you just start getting rid of that stuff because you have so much and kind of like it's the ocean going out and what's left behind is stuff that is important to you. That is energizing. You start looking at that stuff and you're like, I had no idea that I really like this and that because now you can see it. It's clearer, yeah. right? You're more energized by it. But also then, Introducing the second habit I often recommend is journaling, writing about how you are feeling as you're getting rid of this stuff because it, you're starting to get rid of physical things, but it starts kind of uh, loosening up all of those emotions and mental thoughts in your head that if you get rid of stuff, things are going to keep coming up. Like, what are they? How are you feeling about it? And that's where you're going to start getting ideas and really start learning about yourself just by letting go of stuff. And not just stuff, digital waste, um, relationships, obligations. I mean, yep. I can't wait to do the mini book on that. Like systematic, mm -hmm. like way beyond Marie Kondo's recommendations, yeah. <laughs> way beyond possessions. Like there's so much stuff, tangible and intangible to, to really remove from your life. So you can actually start hearing your own voice in a clear or confident way. I'm so glad you said that because this parallels the coming out journey in so many ways. For many people who are struggling with, okay, I know this is what I believe I am, I'm gay, I'm bi, whatever that might be, lesbian, trans, whatever. We have to let go of what we believe we are. And like you, so interesting again, one of the first things I do is I have my clients not say, what do you need to let go of to be, you know, be who you are? I challenge them to go home and for the first month that we work together, get rid of at least one thing a day, physical, emotional, whatever it may be, but I try to challenge them physically that no longer serves them. I, it can be a pencil. It can be a, it can be that, that drawer that all of us have in the house that has everything in it you could ever need, but you'll never use. And to have just once a day, even if it's an old pencil or a pen you picked up at a trade show or a pad of paper that you just thought, oh, that would be great for journaling or whatever begin to let go. And the whole reason for it is because I'm getting them ready to begin to let go of beliefs and to let go of values that no longer serve them and to get let go of ideas of who they think they are. 100%. And it's also <clears throat> restoring people's belief that they have more control over their life than they think. Mm -hmm. That's what I was like, literally saying no to something or removing something is showing you like, whoa, I have a lot of things. 
my life. And also, as you're going through a purging process, temporarily do not let anything else come into your life. Mm -hmm. Kind of put a moratorium on everything because yeah. we just allow stuff. Like, I regularly refuse swag at conferences. I agree. Yeah. I just don't need more stuff. People think it's yeah. free, but it's a cost. Even, even at WDS <laughs> this year, I was like, <clears throat> uh, I'll take the t shirt. That's all I need. Yeah. That's it. Well, I think I did come home. Well, yeah, I came home with the lunch bell too because there was a, there was a reason for that. I gave so, mine to somebody else, but yeah, but it, but it kind of, to do something because there is a cost to all this stuff. If your it energy, your attention, your focus, I have to put it somewhere. Or even this other conference I came back to, they had some swag that I did, I wanted, but I would have had to pay yes. in order to get to put it on my flight. And I'm like, no, it's not worth, not worth the forty it. bucks. Right. Exactly. I mean, even today, as I headed to the gym, we had. Two brand new, just just simple wallets. They were nylon wallets that we had gotten when we worked at film festival earlier this year. Picked a couple up, thought, oh, maybe my girlfriend's boyfriends would like them or even my kids would like them because they'd be great for like going to the beach or whatever. And if you lose it, you don't really care. Those wallets have been sitting here since February. Mm -hmm. They have been moved and they have been moved and they have been moved. And finally, they're sitting right by the tray where my keys and everything go. And today, as I was walking out to go to the gym, I said to my husband, do you have any interest in these? No. Great. That is the only thing I took to Goodwill today. That <laughs> I'm like, I'm sick of looking at them. Yeah. And it wasn't like they were causing any problem. It's just, mm -hmm. I don't need them. They don't need to be sitting here in my house. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big purger because the more I purge, the more clear my mind is and the better I can do the things I'm meant to do. Mm -hmm. And it comes down to not only the physical, but if there's, if there's something like, I know people are going to think I'm crazy with a, what I'm about to say here, but I'm so grateful my computer had to get wiped because I get it. So it, it just was running so slow and that wipeout has made me very conscious of what is going back on to my computer. And it's made me go, okay, nope, that's going on to a backup drive. I don't need it. And even some stuff I'm thinking, oh, that's going over onto a backup drive. It's like, really, Rick, you've got podcast recordings, the original ones from the very first podcast. They're already sitting out there on iTunes. If you mm -hmm. ever need them, and why would you need them, Rick? What would you do with them? You're not going to go re-edit them probably. So it gets you thinking about these things. And again, that becomes a closet that we put ourselves in this obsession of this is what I need to make me feel validated or make me feel whole or for some reason this is important. And I think why you and I are so passionate about really uh, describing this as part of the early process, I always remind people that if you want to make a big change in your life, if you want to grow, you have to create space for it. It's kind of like you're on this journey, especially when you get into your like 30s and 40s, you have all this baggage, like literally imagine yourself walking along on a path. You can't keep adding more stuff. It's just physically impossible. You're never going to move anywhere. So you have to start putting things down in order to like keep moving ahead and lighten your load, literally, in order to pick up new things that are going to be more useful for the rest of your journey, the next stage of your journey. And, and that's something I also, I think, I've discovered that I'm not really just teaching people about starting a business. I'm teaching them how to transition their identity. It's an identity shift. It's not like you're dealing with people going through kind of embracing their sexual identity. I'm really helping people go through like their kind of their overall identity of how they look at time and money and energy, their relationships and knowledge and connections, because it's very different from how we were taught to somebody above you always knows better than you. And I say, not so. If you just take the time to become more self-aware and to get into that journey, start educating yourself about yourself. 
Yes. You will gain more trust in yourself. And when you gain more trust in yourself, you're going to get more confident and more clear about what it is you want to do and how you want to create your own work that works for you. And this whole process that you've been talking about, Stephen, that both of us have been talking about, I think it really manifests itself in you being able to kind of be on this nomadic journey you're on. If you didn't have all this cleared out, you couldn't be doing what you're doing right now. And it got even easier because I was so on it. And then once I, all these other things, it's so easy to be like, gosh, sell this, get rid of that. And I was even saying to my sister today, I'm like, even I'm like two months in and maybe I, I, we, I love gardening. So I do know I want to have some property, but I, I was even saying to her like, well, maybe there's another way for me to do that. Maybe I can go to different parts of the world and learn how to do different crops that I never would have learned how to do before. Maybe that's going to be my thing. But I, what, I feel like so far what I'm learning I would say two and a half months in is that I'm really focused on experiences, relationships and learning and moving my body and eating healthy. Um, I, my screen time has plummeted. I'm spending less money ironically. Um, and obviously because I'm not, I don't have like the overhead of, of a mortgage or rent. That's true. But just even my day to day expenses have dropped uh, because I'm just enjoying all the different places in the relation. I'm getting to live with friends and family and I'm getting to experience new places. Uh, so yeah, I, I have always been curious about this. I, I am going to be forever changed in a way that I still can't anticipate a year from now. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. It feels great. Every day just feels right. It's a challenge or sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, this bed that I'm sleeping in is killing my back right now. But I'm like, but I'll be changing in a couple of days, you know? <laughs> exactly. But I think here's a parallel to those people out there that may have, you know, as they've listened to us and we both left, you know, corporate and, and we're doing our own thing and all this stuff, even as I have begun to like really look deeper at my business and what I want to be doing, because I just turned 56. So it's like, okay, I'm, I want to be done, so to speak, with like turn burn, even though I'm not turn burning the way I used to, just... I want to be done. You want work no, to no longer be an obligation. Yeah, it's not an obligation. And we're getting closer there. But even as I'm doing stuff, I walked into my office today and I've got, you know, if, if people could see my office right now, there's like a light and there's a video camera and there's there's other stuff for like doing the scripts and stuff. And I'm like, I don't really need all that because I can just do what I do and say what I need to say. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. There's no script here. We're just having a conversation. And there are so many people who have been very, very successful. And I realize if you want to like maybe be the perfect, like here's the video course on how to do this. You're, yeah, you probably want some good lighting and stuff, but some of what I have in my office, I don't even need it. I can still run my business very efficiently without all the bells and whistles. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I got rid of all that stuff too. I'm holding up my phone to Rick, my little iPhone oh, 6SE, because yeah. this was the appropriate size, yes. as Steve Jobs said. <laughs> um, and uh, I do have a wireless lav mic and have another little shotgun thing, but that's how I'm going to do video because I think, again, it's another form of asking per for permission. It's yep. like, ooh, all these people are doing video in a certain way on YouTube, so I have to do it that way too. And then it kind of clicked with me. I'm like, well, a lot of people just want to hear me and how I talk about things and my mannerisms and my energy like that. There's no amount of editing that could ever replicate that. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we underestimate the simplicity of a lot of these things. It's your voice. Again, to reiterate, re re we are moving into an economy 
where you just being you is becoming to be more valuable. It's actually your best advantage rather than trying to be like everyone else. And I see this so often when people are building businesses, they all copy each other, right? Or they, they you know, and I, what I want to encourage people is be inspired by people. Mm-hmm. But find your own way of doing it. Find the way that makes sense to you. Like, I don't really like social media. I'm completely off Facebook because they, let's just say, their values are out of alignment with mine. Mm-hmm. And I like Twitter. I always did for some reason. Not saying that they're any, you know, like, you know, perfect either. But um, a lot of times people are like, oh my God, it's impossible. You can't have an online business and not have social media. I'm like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you put that, you can't do it all, especially when you're building these types of businesses. So I, so I love it. It actually adds to the uniqueness of your business for how it's going to dictate the growth of it or how it's going to manifest itself and who it's going to attract. Because I attract a lot of people who want to start a business without a social media uh, strategy. Shocker, right? No, because they are like, hey, he's doing it. I want to learn from him. Mm-hmm. I have, I mean, I, I have all of it, but I keep eliminating and eliminating and eliminating and I'm down to the place where Instagram, it seems to be a place. Do you love it? Does it like, it's really enjoyable to you? you I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy see, that's it. what I I'm always tell it. people. That is the measure. Like yeah. as you're doing work now, the second something is not enjoyable or, you're, or if it's hard and you're not curious about wanting to learn and go deeper, yep. don't do it. So here's one of the things that, and I still have, I'm hanging on to just a little bit of it, but it's about to go bye-bye too. So when I was at the height of my, like, okay, I have the gay man's life coach and I have the coming out coach and, you know, I'm doing all the social media because that's what everybody told me I was supposed to do. So I had all those pages on Facebook, right? And I finally got rid of the gay man's life coach because I'm a coach. If gay guys want to find me, they'll find me. Now I do have the domain still, it points to my page. I do have a gay man's page that's going to go up on the website because I'm starting to see again, I'm starting to get some gay men coming in. I'm like, okay, I can leverage this. But that doesn't mean I have to have a gay man's life coach page just on Facebook dedicated to them. It does not mean I have to have a coming out coach page dedicated to just them. All these layers and layers of stuff that people say, this is how you got to do it. You have to have one for your podcast and all this. I'm like, if I had pages for all this shit I'm doing, I would be building and maintaining pages on Facebook constantly. Yeah. And I just don't want to do it. I want to let people find me. And you know, this probably won't surprise you, but it may surprise some listeners. The bulk of my business comes from this. Mm. Podcast. Mm. You know, I could have a, I have a little theory because you love it. This is your most authentic version of your voice. Yep. yep. It is. And that is what you're looking for. Even when you're starting, you're listening to us right now. I encourage you. And I think Rick would try to do you got to try a lot of different things. You just yes. got to see how you feel about it. But then you get to a point of like, you got to really pay attention. I'm like, what really interested? What do I find myself just losing myself and I'm getting better at that I really like or that people really like that I'm doing? You got to start focusing on that mix. Absolutely. And, and that is what people want from you. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, I'm reminded about from, I think the people that I admire the most in this business, like a Derek Sivers or mm-hmm. Leo Babota or, even a Pat Flynn and Chris Gilbo is they just got really focused on what they are good at and just do that. And I know I'm really good at having real conversations about real stuff that happen to be tied to coming out and being who you are authentically in the world. And Stephen and I just did another, we recorded another podcast right before this one for my other love, which is working with men in their forties to be who they really are meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. And you're right. When I'm in this element, I am in it and I love it. 
Some other stuff, I'm like, screw this. I don't. (laughs) And anytime I hear myself saying, screw this, it's like, okay, Rick, then what are you going to do? It's time to get it, get it gone, get rid of it. And this is such the hard thing. That's to me one of the biggest roadblocks. It sounds so woo woo. I'm like, you're telling me, Stephen and Rick, that I got to listen to the things that I'm really excited about. That is where my work opportunities lie. And I'm like, yeah, I am saying that. The things that you're good at or the things that you want to get better at. And I think that really the trick with building a business is what are you going to do day in and day out that you want to keep getting better at? You want to keep getting feedback from others about? That's yep. the thing you want to do. That's what building a business is. And it's a two to three year process if you're starting from scratch. Right. Sometimes longer. But that's what it takes. So here was my aha moment. And I'm curious. I mean, I know you probably had some, but it was a couple of years ago. And then we'll kind of wrap this up. But a couple of years ago. I realized was I had to dive in and say, Rick, if your voice is the thing you know that you're really good at using, then focus every effort on where your voice is going to be heard, whether it's podcasting, writing, or one-on-one, or even on the stage. And the more I did that, the more aligned I became in my business. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that's what's happened for you. 100%. You know, just the more... I've learned, I was joking with you as I've run now three of our 30-day accelerators. We've had 40 people go through them. And after I went through my first accelerator, even after, at that point, I'd been working for myself for 17 years, going through that accelerator, I learned so much about myself just by going through my own accelerator and doing all the exercises that everybody else is doing. And that led to a a lot of epiphanies. And um, that's why I always remind people when you're working for yourself, we always think about, oh, it's the business idea or it's the product or the service. But really, the, the, the starting point is you. You're the first resource of your business. You're its biggest obstacle. Yep. You need to hire yourself. You need to assess yourself like any other resource in your business. You got to know it better than anything else because you're mm-hmm. the common denominator in every single decision you're going to make for your business. And um, that's why we have so many resources that guide people in that direction to really learn about them. That's why I had this naive idea of teaching people about business by teaching them life skills first. Yep. Life skills that matter. It's a kind of interesting epiphany that's so easy when you really look at it, because if you don't have the right life skills, you're never going to have the right business skills. You don't, if you don't have self-awareness, curiosity, and an outreach habit, your business will fail all the time. And it's been so elegant for me. So now when I listen to people are struggling with business, it's one of those three always is for mm-hmm. me now. It's like become like crazy easy for me to like diagnose problems in people's businesses now. It's so much fun. Right. But it took me years to get here. Well, and the years to get there is because you had to go through your own growth in those areas yourself. I'm quite sure. And it just kept coming up over and over. Again, I was a history meter. I love looking at patterns and threads and seeing those patterns that I kept peeling away. Okay. All right. If we go backward from this tactic and this hack and everything, what do you have to do first? And how do you get started? All roads just kept coming back to these Mm -hmm. three core skills. One of mine that I was most challenged by for a long time was the whole outreach and, and going for asking people for the business. Or going and asking people for help. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly when I realized I'm not really asking people for the business, I'm asking them if they want to make a change in their life. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is important enough for you to do that you're ready to do it. And it's such a game changer. And the same thing happens in speaking. And I've come to a really beautiful realization for myself in speaking that I love being on stage, but if I could be in front of a group of people 
doing a workshop, I'm much more excited about that. Yeah, I love in person too. Stage, but the but the one on one, you know, one to 20, 30 people going through an in depth like experience, I'll take that hands down any day over being on a keynote. But people want that again. I, and again, we're coming at this mass culture. I know there's so many of us who want to have like millions of customers. We want, we want to be known by everybody. But really, that's not where we're moving. You know, people are craving human, authentic, customized connection again, where they feel aligned. And you just can't be all things to all people. Like, yeah, I want to wake everybody up in the world, at least starting in America. Does that like work is changing as you know it? More of you are going to work for yourself than you realize. Like, start, start figuring this out. But I know. I'm not going to get through to everyone just because they're just not going to be into my style and my voice and my approach. I'm cool with that. And, but the more I'm clear about my voice, my style, my approach, the people who are going to respond best to my, to that are going to, are going to come to me and and I'm, we're going to both be able to work together at a higher level because of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, once again, this has been an amazing conversation, man. I so appreciate you. And give everybody your shout out. What's your podcast? Life Skills That Matter. And if you are trying to figure out what it is that you want to do, go to lifeskillsthatmatter.com slash challenge and have a 12-week self-assessment challenge so you can really start learning about yourself in a way that you might not have done before. Well, thanks for sharing of yourself, mister. I'm so glad that we had this time to do this. And I feel like I'm Carol Brandt that we had this time. To do this. <laughs> uh, and of course, some of you that are listening to Who's Carol Burnett? Okay. I know people. Come on, you're making a yeah, sound. Yeah, exactly. But um, did you just tug your ear? No, I'm just. Kidding. I did. I well, I tugged my ear. I tugged my earphone. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but thanks for being here. They man. have no idea what we're talking about. They right don't. Now. So you know, and it's like go go. Hey, this is you have your phone. You love having your phone in your hand. Now you have. A, it's a great show. It's so funny. You should go look up old Carol Burnett episodes. Absolutely, you are. It is hilarious. And why we got where we got. Anyway, anyway man, thanks for being here. Really appreciate thanks it. for having me. I really appreciate. it. Thanks so much. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change your life. In fact, if you really want to change your life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.